cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And boy, I'll tell you, we have a packed show and a lot going on. You know, I would love to play that Tucker Carlson artificial intelligence piece. And um, I don't think we're going to have enough time to get to it. I mean, the thing is, the first part one was 35 minutes and and then part two was quite long as well. I do have a five, six-minute clip on the AI piece uh, that we'll try to get to, but uh, that takes up such a big chunk of show. Um, And I have so many other things I want to talk about as well, in addition to AI. I have a lot to say about AI, and we're going to cover that in the weeks to come. And of course, I think think people are aware of the scary scary factors there. But just just in talking about that to get that piece out of the way, Artificial intelligence, man, it's 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 really not it's it's more dangerous than Google, but think about it. I mean, there was this uh, exercise that uh, they straightened out because people were onto them. But like, if you typed in, um, you know, you wanted a photograph for a white family, you would get all black families and vice versa. If you wanted a photograph of a black family to, for an article that you're writing or something like that, you would get a white family. And then I, I remember um, seeing this study where people on uh, people were more inclined to buy on a very hectic, chaotic train uh, when they would see offers on their phones rather than a quiet train, and they would be less inclined to buy. And they have put market studies into play where uh, chaos gets people to conform. And they're doing this kind of thing, this kind of psyop that you and I probably have an idea of what it's about. But the real scientists behind this, you know, and and it comes from marketing. It comes from the school of Wharton. You know, that's why you have these liberal uh, business people, like the marketing exec, uh, 
for Bud Light, you know, whose career is probably shut. Harvard degreed, um, Wharton degreed. You know, she got her batch, her undergraduate at Harvard and her master's at Wharton School of Business. What's that say about Wharton? But I've known for years, I've known for decades, how ridiculous Penn is and how ridiculous these these Ivy League schools are. I remember even back in the 80s when I was in college and we got this great, you know, Yale professor came down and it was like a bit, so supposed to be a big deal because I was at Old Dominion University at the time. And so it was a big, big deal. Oh, we're getting some Yale blood down here. You know, we're going to see what the Yale professors have to say. And I disagree with just about everything this person said. I'm like, that was not the brightest commentary I've ever heard. I remember leaving bewildered. <laughs> but I'm telling you that um, this AI, you know, when you type in these results, like you type in a search, you get a different result out of Google than you do from Bing, than you do from DuckDuckGo, than you do from anything else. That in and of itself, that's just a scratch of the surface of what AI is. And then, you know, the question is, who's going to write that paper and who's going to get call, called up for plagiarism? Because you could get chat, you could get ChatGPT to um, on your phone to write poetry, to write a term paper. You could say, "I need to write about the Ukraine war uh, from the perspective of whatever," and the AI will just write the term paper for you, and it's going to be somewhat of an original piece that can't be checked for plagiarism. I mean, there are so many tentacles to this, but the scary part is when. Uh, Elon Musk was talking about the owner of um, Google and him were having a conversation and, and uh, they were having this conversation and uh, he was called specious. Specious meaning you prefer species over AI or artificial intelligence. That's where we draw the line. Uh, the guy from Google was basically saying the machine you know, can build it better and stronger. And of course, you know, HAL 2000, the Kubrick film, um, Space Odyssey, uh, the machine killed the p- people at the end, number one. And number two, you've heard of Frankenstein, haven't you? Um, you've heard of Little Shop of Horrors, a great play, where the flower becomes domineering, you know, like so big that you know, you can't jack in the beanstalk. You know, the beanstalk became bigger than... But you can go on and on with all these different things through time. It never really ends well when you build something bigger than yourself. Um, it, you know, you, yeah, sure, you could turn off the electricity. I'm sure they'll figure that out too. So it is a scary, scary frontier and it doesn't... And it's not just... Our enemies, domestic, our domestic enemies, like, say, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, who we we know has spent four hundred million dollars uh, on election rigging, and he has the nerve to censor censor us, right? I mean, you know, that's uh, here's here's that piece. I'll, I'll play one small clip from the because uh, this is only thirty seconds, but this is funny. This is a hammering Facebook bias. Let's take a listen to Elon Musk and Tucker on this. 
did uh, Facebook do this? I know that Zuckerberg has said, and I take him at face value, that he... <laughs> I, I, well, I do, I do actually, in this way. Like, why wouldn't a company like that take the stand that you have taken? My understanding is that um, Zuckerberg spent uh, $400 million in the last election, nominally in a get-out-the-vote campaign, but really fundamentally in support of Democrats. Is that accurate or not accurate? That is accurate. Yes. Does that sound unbiased to you? Uh, Facebook do the same. So, so that's the thing. It gets into the hands of that. So, you know, um, uh, um, uh, Rachel Duffy, compost uh, Rachel Duffy, uh, who on Fox and Friends, I think made a brilliant point. And she, she I, I think, accurately reflected how I feel. Yeah, I am fra- afraid of AI being so big that it can destroy the earth. Um, you know, and what and a lot of the points that uh, Elon Musk made for weeks and months now, he's made these points, like about the stock market. And I played these clips months ago. He did an interview somewhere else talking about AI, and he was like, um, you know, uh, if you tell your AI to short the short the market. And uh, or maximize, you could say, you could say to your AI, maximize profits on my stock portfolio. It could do all kinds of things like shorting the market and creating uh, chaos in the markets. You know, it could say, um, um, get rid of uh, get rid of uh, the common cold or, or get rid of certain certain diseases. And it could be okay. Well, then. You kill off all the infected people, you just kill them, and that will end the spread of a pandemic. Just kill them all, right? I mean, they take the wrong, they get the absolute, right? The absolute response to a problem is not necessarily the right response to the problem. You know what I mean? You say, well, we don't want this pandemic to spread. Figure out a solution on how to get rid of it. Oh, kill all the people that are infected. Just shoot them. Kill them. So that would be a real problem, right? That would be a real problem. And um, we can't have that, of course. But what we're most concerned about is what our enemies would do to us. And we have enemies domestic, and we have foreign enemies as well. A lot of big talk today, um, and uh, in the hearings today, they're going to talk to the Mallorcas, but they had hearings yesterday, and they were talking about hypersonic uh, weaponry. They were also talking to John Ratcliffe about the origins of COVID. We live in this uh, very, very difficult world, and I was just writing down some notes here, and it says, you know, we got open borders perpetrated by the left. Hypersonic, and they wanted to, these are the same people that want to defund the police. They want to take away your guns and they want mobs to rule, right? They don't want to police the mobs like what happened in Chicago. Interestingly, there was an interview about the woman that was mobbed trying to get into her building in Chicago and the police were stopped by a black woman and it was a couple trying to get into their building. It was an interracial couple, by the way. But it was an all-black mob. But it was a white woman and a black guy. They were trying to get into their apartment. They got mobbed and beat up. 
They got their phones taken, their wallets stolen, and their shoes taken. And this black woman, uh, and, you know, I only use these colors now because we're living in this hyper-racial world where th- where these things have to be said, I guess, for this this, this storyline. Otherwise, as a conservative, I wouldn't really give two cents what color they are. But I have to talk like this because this is the mud that we're diving in right now. This is the kind of crap that the Democrats have, have created, right? They've created this uh, uh, hyper-awareness of skin color, right, which is ridiculous uh, in and of its face. Uh, I disagree with the use of these terms and these words, but I have to say it to illustrate the point. But they tried to stop the cops, and the cops, the Chicago police, basically said, there's nothing we can do. They're going to be, there's, we can't arrest them. So it's just a sad, sad situation. But we're living in a world where the Democrats have perpetuated open borders. We've fallen behind with hypersonic weapons. The Chinese and the Russians don't respect Joe Biden because he's so corrupt. He's, uh, you know, the Biden crime family. We have pandemics that are being scheduled. We haven't had a pandemic in 100 years. All of a sudden, one comes out that has this uh, unique effect of rigging elections and killing off old people and depopulation and... What does that do? That benefits the the socialists in, in how many ways? That benefits the socialists by killing off older people, like a filter filtering system, like a sieve. Get rid of the most expensive people, the ones that are you know, sucking the government funds dry. That'd be the older people that are now collecting on the retirement that's owed to them. And and that would be the people that get the sick sickest the easiest, right? So socialized medicine, like in Italy and all through Europe and elsewhere, you know how much money they probably saved? I would love to see this number. I don't know the number, but it's got to be unbelievable an unbelievable win for the government, the powers that be. So what did COVID do? COVID helped, us, helped uh, the globalists rig the elections, mandate mail-in balloting, which is a rigged system, mandate machines, mandate... Um, ballot harvesting, all kinds of things that have led to election fraud. And we had the the weirdest anomalies in the 2020 election as a result of the pandemic. And they were lickety split on it. The Democrats wanted this so bad. And now they're calling for another pandemic. It worked so well. It made the pharmaceutical companies rich. Those pharmaceutical companies, all of them, sat on the board and sat on the, uh, the dais of the World Economic Forum at Davos. So we know the, we know what's going on, man. We got eyes. We could see it. We know what, how they're aligned. We know when the Democrats want something so bad they could taste it, it's got to be bad for the people. Like Mark Warner wanting the Restrict Act in response to TikTok. All of a sudden you get this Pentagon leaker, happens to be a conservative, a treasonous guy, right? They're trying to take the people that wave their flags and love America the most, right? And they say it, and they're trying to tarnish them as the most treasonous people on earth. They tried to say that they were the insurrectionists trying to throw over the government on January 6th simply because they were complaining about election fraud that we know happened. So 
give me a break, right? We could we have eyes, we have feelings, we have instincts, we have a gut instinct that tells us exactly what's going on. We're not stupid. And these are the same people, though, that are behind the depopulation. So COVID had all these things. They wanted depopulation, they got it. They wanted to kill off elderly because they were a, a expense to the government, they got it. They wanted election fraud, they got it. These people don't care how many people die along the open border so long as slaves come through and work on the cheap. These multinational corporations are running the politicians. And the multinational corporations are immune to any kind of boycott because they are controlled by BlackRock and Vanguard. And that's why you see BlackRock with like a headquarters building at every Davos because they're one of the biggest spenders and biggest allies of the Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum, which is basically a consortium that helps uh, heads of state, politicians, and corporations, multinational corporations, get together and scheme up a whole bunch of things like ESG and DEI and climate change and all these things that control people. And if you want to boycott, well, the problem is, if you look at the Anheuser-Busch portfolio of companies, it's about 100 companies. So really, how in the the world, you could barely buy a beer. You'd be surprised how many people, how many different beers are on that list. Because they have, and they bought out, there was mergers. And they bought out these other companies. And through extension, you know, pretty much you could go, if you bought bought a Breckenridge beer from Breckenridge, you know, the Colorado Rockies. I used to think Breckenridge was a local brewery in Breckenridge. When I'd ski there, I'd drink their Breckenridge beer. And guess what? It's owned by Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> you know, you buy that beer, you're giving money to Anheuser-Busch. That's why you really got to buy like a local craft ale. If you really want to get rid of uh, these multinational corporations, you're going to have to go that low on the totem pole. Yingling would be a good one, you know. Um, uh, Yards in Philadelphia is one of my favorites. Uh, They're spruce ale. But in any case, um, you know, Stone, uh, there's a lot. Russian River, there's a lot of different beers that are are very good that you can can buy uh, to get away from Anheuser-Busch. But the boycott, really, we need to we need to do what we can do, and this is a boycott worth fighting for. And you know who said it the best is DeSantis. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, was on. He said, "Yeah, he said this is a boycott." He said a lot of boycotts. He said just like me. He said there's a lot of boycotts that just don't work. You know because you don't. Yeah, the company owns all sides of that. And so one of the problems that brings brings to light uh, that shines that, that has come to light is is really that there's too many monopolies, there's too many violations of antitrust. When was the last time we had a good old fashioned antitrust case? I think Microsoft against Net, Netscape, maybe, but I mean you know uh, the Sherman Act and antitrust laws were passed because Rockefellers. The Rockefellers who actually pushed women's liberation in order to double the tax base 
and to uh, indoctrinate your children at an earlier age because once you had two parents, once you had both parents um, uh, going to uh, going to work, you had to send your kids off to school at an earlier age, indoctrination, right? We heard about that. So we played that clip last week. But yeah, this is the kind of sick thing that's going on. Everything is calculated. They're not making any mistakes, folks. When you have this kind of talent and this kind of education and this kind of smarts and the, the creme of the creme, and they all get together in a room and they hatch a plan, and you're getting in your Ford truck and you're going to work, and you don't have time for this business, right? You didn't sign up for a war. You didn't. You're just trying to get your get get you know get your job done so you can get paid and feed your family. And they want to regulate whether you can put a pool, a deck, a, a fence, a tree in your yard. There's no freedom anymore. And and the things that they're doing in the last decade are so far different than what was being done in the 80s. We're living in a very, 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 very difficult time. I mean, again, open borders, hypersonic weapons we have to worry about now, pandemics, woke, trans, LBGTQ, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter mobs. We have to deal with that. They don't get policed. They don't get arrested. They could do anything to you, and they don't get anything, any punishment, because we have Soros DAs. We have two standards of justice. We have corruptions and wars, and we have the military-industrial complex. We have big pharma. We have slave labor. We have multinational corporations. We have guns that they want to take away your guns. We have mobs that want to break into your houses. We have this defund the police uh, situation. I remember when I first heard defund the police. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's not going to go far. I can't believe how they pulled it off. And again, you know who's the blame? Who's the blame? It's not just the sick monsters like Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or or Adam Schiff or any of these characters, or these monsters, right? I could go with Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and a whole bunch. Um, it's not them. It's the people that vote for them that are making the mistake and ruining this country. And I have... The predominant amount of my friends in Philadelphia happen to be liberal, and they all will vote for Biden again over Trump or even DeSantis. They will do it. And for what? They can't see the forest from the trees. They don't understand how close we are to Armageddon. And, you know, they want to talk about climate. being We're five years away from Florida being underwater. No, we're not. Look at what the banks are doing. They're investing more money than ever in oceanfront properly. Why? How about Gates and uh, Al Gore and uh, Barack Obama? They all have oceanfront properties. Do you think they're stupid? They don't even believe their own lies. That's the sad, sad thing. That is the sad thing. But we got climate, food, and energy, and central bank digital currencies all being under attack. And then they're going to harness artificial intelligence and, and social media and big tech and big pharma. You know, they're putting mRNA in our foods. They're spraying the skies with all kinds of insecticides. They're implanting mRNA in bugs. They've tested that. I, that's been documented. 
I mean, these things sound almost sci-fi. We're living in a sci-fi world right now. Boy, wouldn't I love to go back to, you know, a time when we can just sit on the porch, have a glass of iced tea, work in the field, you know, read a book, um, do something outside. But we're living in this digital age where we always have these screens in front of our faces. Nothing is really tangible or real. But here, um, I was listening to this this uh, clip. I want to share this with you. This is a five-minute clip. It's really good. It's this guy from InfoWars. Um, I forget his name, but he's great and uh, super smart. Let's take a listen to this. And the only reason why I'm playing it is because I feel like in some some ways and sometimes I'm the only one saying half the things that I'm saying. And I know that the people that tune into this show know that too. That they're hearing stuff on this show that they've never heard anywhere else. But I'm not just making this up, folks. I study this stuff and I know what I'm talking about. You know, when I talk about the Iraq war and how it was all about the pipelines and the ISIS was paid mercenaries. That is a unique take on that issue, but that is the truth. That's what was going on. Or when I talk about open borders being related to slave labor, when I talk about climate change being all about, 100% about, 0% about saving the earth, and 100% about profiting, uh, multinational corporations profiting from slave labor in China and creating a polarized world where you have the slaves and you have the consumers, the well-educated consumers and the uh, underprivileged slaves. Uh, And that the whole electric vehicle thing and this thing is just a ruse to profiteer and make money off of a new industry by putting the other industry that competes and out-competes. Oil and um, combustible engines would be... The choice of every American, if they were given the choice, but they're being denied that choice. And that is not the government's role. That never has been. Look at the Constitution. They should. It's illegal for them to do what they're doing, infringing. Now, they have the power of the purse, but they can't pick winners and losers in the stock market like they're doing. And that's, in essence, what they're doing. When they pick EV and subsidize purchases through taxation over there, but then penalize um, combustible engine purchases over here. I mean, that is a, a real problem. But I'm telling you, it's so big. This problem is just gigantic. And what they, what they roll out, every single thing that they roll out, whether it's the Patriot Act or the Restrict Act, it's always some sort of act. And you get this wokeism. And what's all this about? Why are they pushing? Why is it that Congress people... And judges can't define what a woman is. Are you kidding me? Every Republican I know can, but every Democrat I know can't. Why is that? There's a, it's an agenda, folks. It's an attack on Christianity. It's a, it's a to promote depopulation. It's an, it's a, a psyop to create chaos and confusion. It's a way to indoctrinate children. It's a way to groom people into voting for the most ridiculous things. If they could get people to believe in these most ridiculous things, there's not a Republican or a common sense person that would ever buy into this stuff. But 
if you push these most ridiculous things and then you pay them, you give them government aid and you penalize the good people and you pay and groom and promote and recruit the bad people, right, or the nonsensical people. And that's what it's about. It's about it's about penalizing the good and promoting and rewarding the bad. The good will never, ever agree to be bad on purpose. But the bad will continue this grift of profiteering, all, and they know, the, they know the game. And when you get enough voters to buy into that sellout of a thing— then what's ha- what happens is they get the votes necessary to stay in power. Because you and me and everybody that I know that has common sense will never agree with what's going on in the trans world and the LGBTQ in terms of the, you know, we, we, we're, we accept it that it exists, but we don't like the power grab and the militarization of it, the terrorism of it. The, uh, the, strong, the strong arm muscle, you know, and the rewarding of Black Lives Matter, right? And all their nonsense because they've not done a doggone thing and everybody knows it. But they did generate $83 billion and that $83 billion ended up in the pocket of a lot of people. And somehow people were getting paid off to win elections. And whether it's election rigging or if it's just outright outspending, either way, it's about power and that and it's about division and it's exactly what black lives matter was designed to do in the beginning which is to separate the black conservatives from the black liberals knowing full well that 70% of the black population was liberal so that was a that was an easy no brainer for them the harder one is when it's 50-50 and how do you keep that 50% liberal from switching over and becoming conservative and they got a fix for that and that's called election fraud until they can have more time to groom you and this is what it's about it's about domination and control but let's take a listen to this piece here the american political regime and elite have become so corrupt and that corruption is worldwide and putin may have decided already in his own mind that he's going to be history's actor and he's going to take out this corruption in the West. Now, I don't want that. I don't want to see war, but I have to be a realist. Stolen elections have consequences, but when you have corrupt, power-hungry, mad people like Nazis, they get dealt with. Serbian president warns great world conflict within two months. Let me just kind of just give you the full layout here of not just the recent developments, but, but, but overall developments that have led us to get here. The Western political empire of the Bushes and the Clintons and the CIA and their economic hitman, going back decades, really since the 70s, have been launching illegitimate wars, proxy wars, and doing regime change all over the world. And at first, they could do it pretty easily. They had the economic power, they had the pull, and they could get away with some of this stuff. And the internationals that they would do deals with would get paid off handsomely as well. And so at first they didn't mind it, 
Then they realized that these U.S. power brokers were actually stealing most of their country's wealth and future. And so what did the U.S. do in response, basically? They ramped up their game, and then they took it to war. Well, if we want to do re regime change, we'll just do all-out war. We'll just go kill a million Iraqis. We've seen what America did in Iraq and Afghanistan and what they tried to do in Syria. And really, Syria was the the block. Syria was where they couldn't get their regime change, and that was because Syria has strong relations with Russia, and Russia said, you know what, we've had enough of U.S. interventionism in the Middle East, we've seen enough of your blood-soaked regime changes, you're not going to do that in Syria. And so the West launched their proxy groups out there to kill people, they launched their false flags with chemical weapons, all as an attempt to remove Assad, and it never worked. And that's because Russia stood against them. That's what happened. And so Russia now kind of sees itself, Putin kind of sees itself as the only, kind of like the, the tank man, almost in a way. The Tiananmen Square tank man of the international world standing against Western proxy wars and regime change wars in the Middle East. And they were successful. Assad is still in power in Syria. And so that's when the West, with NATO, decided they would up their anti-Russian rhetoric and up their anti-Russian propaganda and up their anti-Russian agenda in Ukraine. And they did that during Obama's years, and then Trump got in, and that kind of stopped because anti-Russia was not one of Donald Trump's policy issues, and that angered them. So that's why they lied, and they said Trump was colluding with Russia and was a Russian asset. That was obviously all a lie. So here's where it's at now. The leaders of the West, our political elite, are so insane, so corrupt, so criminal, that really no one in the world wants to deal with us except the same European countries that are under the same umbrella of political corruption and the New World Order Great Reset agenda with the World Economic Forum. But that's not where the world wants to go. And so China saw what Russia was doing, and Iran saw what Russia was doing, and India saw what Russia was doing, and then other countries have kind of noticed it as well, Japan, Brazil, Mexico. And so the dominoes are starting to fall. And now you have a new international power structure emerging against the West, and that's China and Russia and Iran and India as the main factors. And then other countries that don't want to be globalists and don't want to have corrupt Western influence and World Economic Forum influence and UN influence and globalist influence like Brazil and Mexico and Japan and Turkey and many others, they see this opposition to the Western elite corruption forming and they kind of look at it with curiosity. So your media is not telling you any of this. But the world is moving on from the corrupt political elite of the United States of America, folks. And you're being sold out right now. And you're going to be told that it's your duty and it's your job to protect the Western political elite like the Bidens, like the Clintons, like the Bushes, who are all going to tell you we have to go to war with Russia. And so what's scary about this is Putin's commitment, knowing that whatever the next move might be, it might happen in the blink of an eye, and it might change the entire landscape of the international order overnight. And so that's what Alex is talking about. And if you're not seriously considering this yourself, you don't understand how real the situation is. That's, uh, that's what I've been talking. I talk about that stuff all the time for so long. 
You know, no one talks about Syria and Russia, and no one tells you the relationship Russia had with Syria since the Assad kingdom took over Syria. No one tells you about, you know, Russia impeding oil uh, pipelines going into Europe, and Syria was a piece to that. No one's telling you the reason why Trump wanted to get out of Syria and use our soldiers to protect the oil fields uh, after we took down ISIS, who is a paid mercenary group. No one's telling you that ISIS is now being paid as mercenaries to fight in Ukraine. You know, and these were no one's telling you that the reason why you had the beheadings was to keep the journalists out. And they didn't care. The globalists didn't care about any of this. They were profiteering from it, and a lot of the profiteering comes in the uh, in the in under the hue of patriotism. So when Lindsey Graham and John McCain would st- you know thwart Trump and they hated Trump uh, at the time, and they would get on this and they would meet up with Al Baghdadi and they would go over to Latvia and Lithuania and Montenegro and Ukraine. And they would go to all these places and get all these little medals and stuff and sit there and stand up there and give speeches in front of the Ukrainian military. What they're in essence doing is they were doing the dirty work that the United States wasn't allowed to do under certain treaties and auspices. And they were doing it underhanded like a terrorist group. They were doing a lot of things like with regard to bioweapons and metal biota. And the State Department and the CIA were meddling in places they shouldn't have been. They were using USAID, now headed up with Samantha Power, another Obama protege, um, pushing all kinds of money to overthrow governments and buy out warlords and tri- tribal leaders uh, to, for, in exchange for gold, and access to gold and cobalt and all kinds of things. It's so shady. They're using your tax dollars to enrich themselves and to attack other nations without actually the United States ever claiming ownership of that. And we blame the terrorists for not uh, declaring that they were responsible for downing a plane or uh, blowing up a pizzeria or whatever it is. Nobody was going to take credit for it because they don't want the repercussions. Well, the United States is is doing the same doggone thing through our State Department. It's absolutely nuts. And here's another a really good clip that I want you to hear. Let's take a listen. You can't convince me that the left is not a death cult because everything that they stand for, both legislatively and ideologically just relate to the demise of society whether it's obesity whether it's how hard they push for abortion whether it's allowing all these crimes and murders to happen in the cities everything that you look at with them leads to depopulation or it leads to just less people happening even everything with same sex it's like they don't even want uh these heterosexual couples to be able to have kids they're wanting to sterilize kids with the trans stuff everything that the left does leads to death has anybody else noticed that yeah and that's why i was saying like i don't think they like you very much like you go to your politician and the, the, the republican guy says hey man you should have more kids it's like okay he's basically telling you to survive he likes yeah. you there should be more of you these, these Democrats go, you have you considered aborting that baby? And it's like, I, that's something you would say to someone you don't like. You can't convince me that the left is not a death cult because everything that they... St- yeah, 
<laughs> That's and then here, look, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, and Fauci predicting the next pandemic. Take a listen. So in the next five to ten years, for the next pandemic, we will we'll solve all those problems. You say the next pandemic. There will be another pandemic. Absolutely. We don't know when. You know, the risk per year, 2%, 3%. Uh, the next pandemic. And there will be one. There will absolutely be an outbreak of another pandemic. We definitely will have to face other surprises, black swans, as they are called, uh, maybe different kinds of viruses. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. Most of the work we're going to do to be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. There will be certainly what we call the black swans, the unpleasant surprises which will come in our way. It's uh, pretty scary, folks, right? Western mainstream media wants the public to believe that Russia is viewed by China as a junior partner. Well, Russia was just rolled out the red carpet. China just rolled out the red carpet for Russia. Uh, then ask yourself, would a junior partner be so respectfully received by China? And so there's this great event here that's just... Basically, it's, it's, it's a visual, so you can't hear it. But what's going on here is they are equal partners in, um, in their fight against the globalists. And I would dare say that the things that have impacted um, the middle class in the world, not just the United States, negatively, has all come. Not one stitch of it came from China. Or Russia. But all of the attacks on the middle class have come from the globalist nations, the nations that we considered our friends, the United States, um, France, Germany. All of these countries have embraced climate, have uh, the pandemic mandates and restrictions. They've embraced central bank digital currencies. They've embraced uh, social credit score systems. They've embraced everything that the World Economic Forum says should be, is. They've donated to Black Lives Matter. Look, look. Black Lives Matter donors. Amazon, $10 million. Apple, $100 million. Walmart, $100 million to Black Lives Matter. Uh, Everlane, Gap Brands, Glossier, H&M, Honest... uh, uh, Levi's, Lululemon, Peloton, Spanx, Square Enix, Tom's Shoes, Ubisoft, Wendy's, Whoop. They all gave money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. But EA Games gave a million. Etsy gave a million. Facebook gave 10 million. Google gave 12 million. Home Depot gave a million. McDonald's gave a million. Nike gave $40 million. Target, 10 million. United Health, 10 million. What, what are you going to do? Boycott them all? And again, the reason why this is happening is because BlackRock has a stake in all of those companies. So the monopoly that is going on is what's allowing the corporations the freedom to crucify and stamp on your face this repression all over your face. They're crushing you with their foot on your neck. And you can't make a choice because... There's a monopoly going on. 
Okay? There's a monopoly going on. It's right there. And they could do anything they want without, without fear that you, or repercussion, that they're going to lose their business. Because there's one company at the top, and that's BlackRock, that has a stake in all of this, that's mandating and dictating, not just who they donate to, but who they don't donate to. Not just who they advertise with, but who they don't advertise with. You think they're going to advertise on this show? We hate globalism here. We don't like globalism here. Do you think they're going to advertise with me? No. That's why we need donations, folks. We need them in order to compete, in order to have a voice. So, I mean, meanwhile, we still have these these um, ridiculous, um, ridiculous uh, statements uh, right here. Like, take a look. Let's listen to this one. Okay. Yeah, so that's the Department of Education uh, Secretary Miguel Miguel Cardona, Cardona, um, Andrew Clyde, who also told us about. We played the clip from Andrew uh, Andrew Clyde related to Emperex and Freeport McMoran. He was the one that uh, disclosed that information. Uh, I have this. Um, I have a couple of more clips I need to play. So we're just going to rapid fire. I told you yesterday, Tyrus was the inspiration to Dylan Mulvaney. The, uh, about, and he made a great point about women face, black face. He's black. And let's take a listen. About the same thing twice. Yeah. Because I'm different. I am offended. Yeah. That Dylan's on the can. Mm. For one reason. He's not representing trans women. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's, an, he's a performance actor. He's in woman face. Mm. That's like you trying to tell me it's cool if someone painted their face black and was put him on the face of the can of Bud Light and tell me, well, he's representing black. No, it's not. I am offended. Mm-hmm. Women should be offended. Men should be offended. These are our mothers that are being made to be made fun of. Like we're stupid. Women are stupid and dumb and bubbly. That's not a trans woman. Mm-hmm. That's not Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner lives her life. So then he kind of goes off on Caitlyn Jenner in a positive way. He endorses Caitlyn Jenner. I'm not a big fan of Caitlyn Jenner either, but I want you to hear this about hypersonic um, missiles. This is, a, this is actually a really interesting piece. So that's bad. He should not have, have released that stuff. Then there's the stuff that we should have known about. This is what I reported on, Glenn, that China has tested a new hypersonic missile that can defeat our aircraft carriers and our missile defense. In other words, we spent 30 years building aircraft carriers and missile defense, and the Chinese built a missile for a one hundred thousandth of the price that makes those things obsolete. That seems kind of important for people to know. Why were we hiding that? That was in the documents. I brought that out. 
I think that there's a lot of stuff in the documents that American people should know because it reveals that uh, the world is changing fast and our government really isn't on top of it. And they need to be. It, 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 it does make a difference because usually I would say, hey, we don't need to, to release everything that they have knowing that what they have. But I think there is – you, you hit it on the head. There is a need for the American people to understand the world is about to dramatically change and exactly. the United States is sitting around with its hands in its pockets. Right. So maybe we shouldn't build more aircraft carriers and maybe we should build the stuff that fights hypersonic missiles yes. because that's what our enemies are shooting at us. OK, correct. And how far do these missiles fly? And they're they're hypersonic, which I've just heard last week or the week before that we now have one. But I don't know if I believe that um, this is a yeah. hypersonic, which makes it almost impossible to take down. Right. Right. It's hypersonic, which means it flies faster than sound, but it's also a hypersonic glide, which means you can maneuver it. So when we shoot up the missile defense, all we have to do is maneuver around it. And we can also maneuver, they can also maneuver it to hit our aircraft carriers, basically as far as Guam. Half the Pacific is now... You know, so half the you know, here's the thing um, about that. Uh, the problem is it moves faster than our missile. So it just, the missile can't catch it. It's pretty... Uh, and here... This is the problem right here, is that China doesn't respect, no one respects the Biden administration because they're so corrupt. They have no respect for us. They have no respect for this administration and its policies. And Dagan, when you look at the fact that they say, oh, this is going to be a help center, come in to us. We will help you. We will help you get your driver's license renewed. We will help you with things that you need. But actually, what they were doing is setting up an office where they could track, surveil, and harass Chinese Americans or either Chinese nationals who were here in the country. So they're spying on people. And we know that China is all into spying, whether it's the spy balloon or it's TikTok or Huawei or ZTE. And they, this is what they are prone to do. So what Marsha Blackburn was talking about there is the Chinese uh, police stations. Um, they say, we're here to help you. We have a language barrier. Uh, and then they you know, are just basically spying on the Chinese. Uh, I told you yesterday about Nancy Mace uh, looking into the Treasury about the Biden crime family. Let's take a listen to what she had to say. Just left the Treasury to review over 100 suspicious activity reports on the Biden family. And I have to tell you, there are more Bidens involved than, than we knew previously. And every time you unturn, overturn, or look under a stone, there's so much more you have to investigate because it's wild the number of family members involved and it's even the amount of money that we're talking about in these suspicious activity reports is astronomical and the accusations therein the source of the funding where the where the money's going the shell companies prostitution rings etc it's insanity to me that it's not been investigated in the way that it should be yeah, I mean, it's because we have two standards of justice, right? And here's uh, one of my father's uh, favorite politicians um, down in South Carolina, uh, Russell Fry, 
Who benefits more in New York City, law-abiding citizens or criminals? Let's take a listen to uh, the first part of this clip. People think of the United States, they think of this city, as was talked about earlier. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But underneath all of those twinkling lights, something is not right in New York City. Shootings in Times Square, robberies in broad daylight, stabbings on the subway. I got into a cab yesterday. And the gentleman who was driving had been doing it for 25 years. And without knowing who I was or why I was here, he proceeded to talk about the city. And he said, this city has changed. And I asked him what he meant by that. And he immediately started talking about the crime. It's gotten so bad, it's out of control. This, unfortunately, is what we get in Joe Biden's America and Alvin Bragg's New York City. To the good people of New York, we hear you. We are here in New York today because we want to hear. So that was when he was in New York City uh, in the uh, Alvin Bragg uh, committee hearing. Uh, that w- that audio was really low. Uh, it was from C-SPAN. Um, but it came from Russell, uh, Russell Fry's uh, Twitter account. Um, you know, one of the things that happened, too, yesterday is uh, that there was uh, John Ratcliffe. Um, John Ratcliffe was talking about the roots and the origins of COVID. And frankly, it uh, there's no question it came from that Fauci lied, right? So we have that. Um, here's one of the problems uh, related to transgender. Transgender advocate argues, advocate argues for inclusion in women's sports. Let's see. Like I said, this boils down to, are trans women really women? Are they really female? Because if you think yes, then we belong competing with other women. So it's an extreme indignity to say, I believe you're a woman, except for sport. So that's their argument for the sport thing. It's like, you can't say, you have to call them women, and then they take the women thing, and then they say, oh, now there's a power lifter that sets new records for power lifting. And it's like, okay, you can't, you have to call them a woman, uh, and then they have to be allowed in women's sports. That's the whole thing, is to make it a reality by having tangible records being broken by supposedly real women uh, that are men, right? So we got to get ahead of this. Uh, one other thing, um, uh, Katie, Katie, uh, Chris, uh, Lake, um, Carrie Lake, I'm sorry, I drew a blank. Carrie Lake against Katie Hobbs. She said um, that the Supreme Court is just itching to hear some of their cases. They have probably the best case that could be brought to the Supreme Court of the United States. And she claimed, and she made a good statement here, and I believe it's true, is that they're going, they're looking for, they're itching for a reason to hear a case that gets brought to their attention. Hopefully that'll happen sooner than later. That's going to be the answer to election fraud. Um, All right. So be sure to check out magapac.org to find out how we're advancing America first policies to make America great again. Magapac.org. Use red state over at my pillow. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye everybody.